Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today we're going to discuss something about the difficulties involved in parenting. We often see on TV and in the popular media programs for so-called out-of-control children. This has resulted in all kinds of treatments for children with the aim of controlling their behavior. Probably children are pretty much the same as they've always been, but the context around us as parents has changed. So rather than focusing on the undesirable behavior of your child, you might want to look at this from a different perspective how you're interacting with your child. Today's guest is Dr. Martin Foster. And Martin is a clinical researcher at the Karolinska in Stockholm, a licensed psychologist and psychotherapist working with parents and kids. Martin also gives advice in a column in the National Swedish Daily Newspaper. Last week, Martin wrote an article about the difficulties of parents handling their own stress and irritation. And this article, Martin talks about the difference between his own perspective since he was doing research before uh, he was a parent himself and then afterwards. So I'm going to ask Martin about this to start with. Welcome, Martin. Thank you. Could you continue on this? Uh, what yeah, I'd like to hear about what you wrote in this article. I know that um, you you have uh, become a parent a little later, and yes. uh, you were a, um, a clinical researcher before you were a parent, and you were uh, doing research and giving advice to parents. So tell me, what is the difference in the perspective? Now you have two small children yourself. Well, I, I guess the big difference is uh, it's not like I had to throw all my previous advice overboard but the big difference is uh, that i've become humbled by the experience i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. humbled uh, in what way well uh, i i did not expect uh, the the strength in my own emotional reactions uh, uh, to certain situations that i have to deal with now as a parent <laughs> uh, of course i knew I, I, I could realize before from meeting a lot of parents and seeing a lot of interaction between children and, and parents, I could realize that you that it was a stressful and demanding task, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I did not expect those feelings for myself because I've always been a very calm and, and balanced person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I still am in many ways, but... But this situation as being a father, it, it, it was something else that I've ever experienced before. Yeah. What, why do you think that is? Um, well, I, I think, first of all, uh, the love you feel for your own children 
uh, raises the stakes in many situations. Mm -hmm. you, you become so involved uh, and lose the distance that you have in many other situations. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And another thing is that uh, the intensity the child can can <laughs> can offer in, in certain situations, the intensity in the behavior and the demands and uh, in uh, emotions is also something very different from most other interactions and social re relations uh, you have. Mm -hmm. So that's also different. And, and thirdly, um, when you do not have children on your own, most children you meet uh, treat you with some sort of... Uh, uh, what could you say courtesy and respect because they don't know you mm -hmm. and uh, but all of a sudden you, you, you your own child can behave um, absolutely erratically and and uh, uh, illogically that you <laughs> mm -hmm. in ways that you do not counter in any other relationships yeah. Do you think that the fact that um, the child also is your child, some of the identification with um, this child is reflecting you as a parent, that that's also difficult, that it's... Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, if you turn to psychodynamic views on this, I, I think there there lies something in, in the <laughs> in the projection that I see my own qualities or deficiencies in my child, which further uh, creates uh, emotions that are uh, hard to handle. And, and I think also um, that um, as being an a child psychologist and, and quote unquote expert uh, uh, that may also raise the stakes for me so I, I may feel even more inadequate or, or frustrated at times when, uh, when I have a conflict or a disagreement with my child uh, because I should know this I, I should be <laughs> able to deal with this <laughs> yeah. I think so. you know uh, Martin I, I've been recently a grandmother and um I can remember, yeah, it's, it's a, a completely fantastic. But I remember the uh, a lot of these feelings you're talking about. As uh, I'm a parent of three three children, twins, and a, a two year old I had at the same time. And but as a grandmother, uh, that is gone. It, there's a, it's a totally different perspective to be a grandparent. Right. So it, you can really see that uh, a lot of these things you're talking about, about reflection, all this, and uh, are just absent as a grandmother. So uh, you wonder sometimes maybe that we uh, need the the perspective of grandparents in this constellation. Absolutely. I, I think that's, uh, and that may also be one thing that has changed uh, the last decades, because at least in Sweden, uh, urbanization and migration has caused a lot of people to live far away from their uh, uh, own parents and therefore uh, children more seldom meet their grandparents today, I think, and uh, they, are, they are less present in everyday life, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, um, um, being able to help your stressed um, children as parents, it seems to be, and just uh, offer some uh, another perspective seems to be uh, helpful with that stress. Absolutely, and I can see for myself when, when, uh, for instance, my uh, my stepmother, no, not stepmother, <laughs> uh, mother-in-law, my, my mother-in-law uh, visited us recently, and and 
I noticed how much more forgiving she was mm. uh, towards my son. And in that instant, I thought she does not have the full picture. She she does not know the story that I need to to uh, set a limit in this situation. But mm. at the same time, her way of sort of forgiving and meeting him in his frustration mm-hmm. was so much more uh, yeah, effective and, and uh, <laughs> human, I would say, in that situation. So, so that, that was an example of that, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Martin, um, you, you have been working with children and parents for a long time. What got you interested in this subject? Well, it started by coincidence uh, because I was offered uh, a research position that was located about 50 meters from my house. So that was an offer I couldn't refuse because before that I I, I commuted three hours a day. So that was just pure coincidence. And I, I wasn't any particular interest in the field or in the subject that, that draw, drew me into it. But I soon realized that uh, there was so much that you had to do to uh, to improve the situation for children so many children do not receive the help they need and um, that 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 built uh, my motivation it made it very strong and um, also i soon realized that working with children involves always involves working with parents working with teachers all the people around a child has to be involved if you need if if you are to be able to solve problems and that also was very stimulating to me that that context of of um, work yeah martin what what do you think about all this uh, that i mentioned in the beginning of of using uh, different the adhd diagnosis for example and and giving um, uh, psychotropic medication for for the sub behavior, what I mean, this is something that's at least in the forty years I've been in psychotherapy, it's completely new. Right, right. I think uh, ADHD is a special case in the sense that uh, medication for children with ADHD can be of tremendous importance for some children. However, uh, at times those. Uh, 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 the, the medication of children come at a, the expense of um, uh, giving psychosocial support or treatment. So that is a problem. And also, at times, uh, children receive a diagnosis and medication before a proper analysis of the uh, uh, condition or problems that, is, that the child presents has been done. When you so say the, when you say a proper analysis, you mean that the um, an understanding of a um, the behavior pattern of the child. For for example, and and uh, it has been debated that the uh, prevalence of ADHD diagnosis has has risen uh, very much, especially in the U.S. I think, and uh, there's a debate about the the if if all of these diagnoses really are accurate and if some of them some of the children that receive such a diagnosis actually suffer from other conditions that that present themselves in similar ways mm-hmm. so those issues are important to to consider in further research and practice i think of tremendous importance um so i i think that what you should do is that you should examine 
whether a child has ADHD and offer medication, but um, as it is uh, explicitly expressed in, in guidelines, for instance, in Sweden, um, the first line of treatment should be psychosocial. You should first try to work with parents and teachers and see how that will affect the child's problems. Mm-hmm. And if there's still if if there still is a problem, you should offer medication. But I think oftentimes it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are the most common problems that uh, parents face today? Well, um, I would say <laughs> if if you talk about the problems that a parent face and really are overwhelmed with, I would say it's it's everyday conflict with their with their children and also feelings of not having enough time or being inadequate as a parent in relation to that and a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. uh, in relation to that Uh, so conflicts with children is is one of the main problems that that parents face that i see that when i when i answer questions for instance in the newspaper you mentioned uh, a majority of the questions uh, are about conflicts with children. What kind of conflicts, for example? Yeah, yeah. The the top three, I would say, is uh, getting out of the home to mm. school or preschool. Mm. <laughs> that, that's yeah. that's one. Uh, around food, a lot of conflicts around food, mm. and a lot of conflicts uh, between uh, siblings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very common everyday situations that that every parent more or less meet, but some meet a greater extent mm. so when 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 they get into the conflict so the the parent gets frustrated yes and has to learn to handle their yeah. own frustration right that that's one one course of action is to to work with parents that way to to teach them how to handle their own feelings in those situations where a conflict arises. um and however th- there are uh, there's a tendency, I've had a tendency in my own life and also when I work with other parents to uh, focus too much on the conflict situations as such. Mm-hmm. So you try to see and understand the mechanism in that situation, how parent communication will escalate or de-escalate a, a conflict, etc. But what I have stressed to, uh, I think, to uh, to little is the surrounding circumstances that may contribute to the conflict in the first hand. Could you give us an example of that? Well, uh, the, the classic example is too little sleep. Mm-hmm. If a parent or, or a child or both sleep too little, that is a factor that will affect all situations during the day. And that, that that's not new. Everyone is aware of this. But still, I think the tendency is that you look more at what happened in the in the conflict why did i behave this or that way why did my child beha- behave this and that way what can we do differently and sort of miss the the the, the surrounding or or uh, the broader context that, that will affect these things mm-hmm. okay sleep is one thing what else would might affect uh, food is another thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have we eaten? Have I eaten? Ha- have, has my child eaten enough? Uh, uh, and uh, another thing is, important thing is my relationship with the other parent. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. There's a lot of research showing how important this is. Uh, and um, somehow it goes without saying that if, if I can have a loving and affectionate relationship with my wife, uh, that would improve the overall climate in our home and uh, of course affect our children. Everyone is aware of this. Mm -hmm. But uh, still, when, when I have a conflict with my child or if my child behaves problematically, then I tend to focus again too much on that problem mm -hmm. and miss out on the on for instance the relationship with my wife and and what kind of behaviors we are modeling and mm -hmm. and what kind of emotional states we express and therefore transfer to our children and and uh, so that's another broad circumstance that needs to be considered so and, that so that would be a, a could you class that as a preventive um so you're, you're sort of setting the stage for conflict if you if uh, these basic factors of food and sleep and and what's being modeled that um, those are contextual factors that, uh, that that maybe you could work on as a preventive. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think, uh, for instance, when I was working with my thesis, um, it, it was. It was a hard time for me to motiva motivate theoretically. Why do we include so much um, child-directed play in in our uh, program? Mm -hmm. We I was doing research on on a parenting program where you uh, yeah specifically work with how parents interact in in conflict situations and such. But uh, our program and most other programs also include a large portion portion of just playing with your child. Mm -hmm. scheduling time every day let's say 15 minutes 30 minutes where you just play and try to follow what your child is doing and try to be present and, and mm -hmm. interact with the child and I had a hard time motivating theoretically why should we include this because there is there are no uh, apparent connection uh, at least in in studies where they try to see if if play leads to less conflict mm -hmm. it's not that apparent uh, however, if, if you deal with a conflict, if, let's say you become better at setting firm limits without being harsh, mm -hmm. that there is an apparent relationship. Mm -hmm. But I dug deeper and I, I found in research that actually look at the broader circumstances that uh, if you play regularly with your child, if you try to be present in that, in that moment, mm -hmm. then you create an environment at your home mm -hmm. in which it's much less risk of other problematic behaviors to appear and appear in the first in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, that is another example of, of working with a broader circumstances or environmental factors that may influence these may problems. I, may I ask you a little more about that, Martin? Uh, I, mm -hmm. We had a program of a psychologist in Australia that was working with uh, uh, newborns and mothers where she yes. was working with some mindfulness exercises where you um, try to gain the uh, perspective of the child by smelling the child and looking right. at their, their skin and um, uh, trying to get into you know the position of the child and how the child is feeling and what they need. And I'm thinking that playing with a child must also help you get that perspective. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and and the idea I think the idea is similar because one key element in, in these activities uh, that are included in, in the program is to be present. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and just follow your child's lead. And, and that, that requires presence. <laughs> but at the same time, many, many parents and me myself find it difficult to start with because uh, you may have an urge to educate your child or you may have an urge to, um, to turn the play into something constructive or with a certain goal or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Those urges all, always kind of pop up into your head. And in, it's, it may be frustrating at times just to follow a child's lead when you feel that the, the activity is sort of nonsense or <laughs> non-constructive or just <laughs> fooling around. And, and, and then at the same time, when you sort of get over that peak where you see, well, this is to be present. This is now I am sort of actually following my child and to see how the child reacts to that Mm -hmm. this nonsense activity where toys are just flying around or or uh, uh, the the tower you thought you were building is turning into something else Mm -hmm. and to see the child's sort of uh, energy and commitment in that activity is very rewarding if you just can hang in there and wait for it yeah, I, I think it's a, such an interesting because one of the key elements in ACT is um, what we call self is context. Um, and, and it's being able to, um, when you want to relate to another human being, um, first being able to take their perspective. Right. Uh, and, and, sh- and getting a shared perspective is right. the, the platform of relating. And, and, like, right. and I thought it's interesting if, um, if I have an agenda. And I'm for, for forcing my perspective on the other person. You know, all you get is mostly resistance. Right, right. Hmm. And 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 that is exactly what many parents report uh, when they when they try to play in this new way. Uh, and um, interestingly, there was a study that, that examined exactly this thing. They they let parents play either as they usually do with a child, or they just instructed them. They gave them five hints in how to play in a more present and and uh, way and also how to follow your child's lead and immediately afterwards they uh, they instructed the parents to clean up the room with their children mm-hmm. and in the group that played in this new way where they were present and, and following the child the number of cl- conflicts with the child um, decreased with 50% Mm-hmm. Wow! Just just by those little hints and uh, the parents trying to play in a new way, and I think that that's an eye-opening study because it it um, it really points to this fact that being really interacting in a present way and as you said, taking the other person's perspective that creates something that 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 affects the relationship. Mm-hmm. immediately immediately and and uh, of course you can think of it as uh, in the long run it should affect it but this this study showed that it actually has immediate effects hmm. well i think that's a, sort of the grandmother perspective is you um, there's something uh, so rewarding about being looking at life through your grandchild's eyes and i mean yes. it, it's a, like a shortcut to, to mindfulness because Absolutely. the child is here now, and yes. we we are seldom here now, so it, it the child can help you become present. I think so. Yes, I think so. 
Martin, do you have um, any examples of um, parents that you worked with that you could tell us how it went for them and what you did? Uh, yes, I can do that. Um, for example, a, a, a parent or parents, the mother and the father I worked with uh, some years ago and, and their son who was struggling hard uh, both at home and in school would come conflicts um, and this son he was 10 years old and and was suffering both from uh, conduct problems he, he he got into conflicts with his parents and with his peers in school and with his teachers and and also had a lot of anxiety problems uh, wondering about life and how it would turn out and if he would uh, manage to to complete school and, and such he had very very mature thoughts and worries about his future for being a 10 year old and um, this this boy uh, suffered so much from this so he he only he had a certain schedule at school so he, he was staying at home every other day because because of the stress that was caused by these problems and um, one when we started out um, uh, we, we sort of analyzed the everyday situations and and, uh, and tried to find out what if there were certain situations or events that that caused these conflicts that we could sort of alter or or modify somehow and um, it turned out that if he started a day in a bad way if 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 he woke up and and started it wrong then that whole day would turn out to be wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and more specifically, um, what happened during those days or those mornings was that the, the parents tried to get him out of bed and it started soft, but then it soon escalated in, into nagging and, and a conflict mm -hmm. that he had to get out of bed and uh, uh, otherwise he wouldn't make it school and he had to eat his breakfast and otherwise he wouldn't make it school and so forth. So we tried to just, uh, I discussed this with him and with his parents together and, and we, we tried to figure out together how can we make more mornings, better mornings. And uh, the, the intervention was very simple. Uh, I mean, the, the, the actual intervention was very simple, but but it took quite some time to, to reach to this conclusion, I think. And it was that he, he, from now on, should try to take own responsibility for getting out of bed. And they bought him an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. And that was just, I think, a symbolic measure. Uh, because the, the key thing here was that he felt that he was in control and also his parents um, were helped in backing off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So stepping away a little bit and letting him, letting, let, letting him take that responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I think he grew somehow from that experience and was willing to accept that and commit to the, <laughs> mm -hmm. to the goal that he, he should try to get out of bed himself. So... But that was just one thing we did, but that little thing uh, really changed the, con the, the, the that little contextual change. It really changed how he behaved and how his parents behaved during the mornings. And 
and uh, he he uh, in a couple of weeks time he could start he started to attend school every day and um, he started to feel much better he had a lot of more days that were good days and a lot of fewer days that were bad days well that's a great example Mm. Mark, we've come to the end of our program, and right. I wonder, uh, we have, I'm sure, parents out there and grandparents out there who um, have children that they're having difficulties in, in this type of interaction. Do you have some general advice you could give our radio listeners? Yes, I do. And I, I, I'm returning to what I said about playing and being present and following the child's lead. I think that is a sort of a universal <laughs> cure there are no universal cures we're all aware of that but it's always a good point to start at even if the child is not having uh, even if the problem is not about conflicts and conduct problems uh, for example if the child is is turning uh, the feelings inwards and being anxious and depressed it's always a good point to start to try to schedule some time every day uh, where you just try to follow your child's lead. With younger children, you may play, you ask them what they want to do, and you just do that for 15 minutes. It sounds little, but it's quite hard to just do that, mm. not anything else, no chores, nothing. No uh, telephone. No telephone, nothing. <laughs> turn, turn everything off and just do that, do that for 15 minutes. Uh, with older children, you may just talk or do whatever they are up to, try to be present where they are. Uh, if they do not want to <laughs> talk with you or be with you, you need to try to find those moments where they are at least open to some sort of contact and just try to follow what they are talking about or what they want to discuss. Do not take that take the opportunity to, to try to um, discuss what they need to do or should do uh, to do their homeworks or whatever. Just follow what they are doing. That, I think, is a good point to start at. That sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today, Michael. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne and her work, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website icon in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. Joanne's books are available through Amazon.com, including her two latest, The Diet Trap, Feed Your Psychological Needs, and End the Weight Loss Struggle Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, and ACT and RFT in Relationships, Helping Clients Deepen Intimacy and Maintain Healthy Commitments Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy and Rational Frame Theory. Amazon also carries her books on chronic pain and other topics. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.